Bam! What is up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and today I will be joined by my co-host Matt Llewellyn and Anthony Perry as we recap the 49ers and Rams game. Obviously, the 49ers had a big divisional win on Sunday Night Football, and we cannot wait to get into that. But before we do, I just want to take a second to thank today's sponsor, and that is Restaurant.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from $5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com. Use for dine-in, takeout, or even delivery. Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off of their next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50% off your entire next purchase. Restaurant.com, the best meal, every meal. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. We are hyped to bring you the Rams vs. 49ers recap. Matt and Anthony are here with me. Guys, that was the game that we had been hoping for for this team all season. Matt, we had the preview uh, live stream yesterday, and you were saying, look, this is going to be a Jimmy game. Jimmy's going to ball out. Obviously, we got that. What did you see from Jimmy Sunday that we hadn't really seen prior to that? Um, Just consistent ball placement, and I think that Kyle Shanahan did him some favors early by dialing up really short, really you know open throws to kind of build up his confidence a little bit, which he hadn't had. Um, and one thing that I saw from him throughout the game is that he was smiling. He was having a good time out there. He was relaxed. He was playing uh, with, you know, with some joy. And I think that has been absent a little bit, you know, over the course of the season. You see him with a scowl on his face or, you know, staring daggers at somebody. And, you know, it's really important to get a guy feeling good early because that can carry over to the rest of the game. So um, once they got him rolling early, you would you notice that, you know, at the beginning it was like everything was within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage um, or it was those like kind of like – shovel forward handoffs to Debo Samuel and guys like that. Um, but as the game went on, you saw that he was throwing a little bit more, a little bit more down the sticks. And so, you know, Kyle did a good job getting him rolling early to kind of build that confidence so that he could, you know, settle back into a groove in the course of the game. Yeah. And Anthony, you know, before we came on right now, you were talking about how the 49ers basically eliminated Eric Donald from this game. How did they do that? Because he is a beast to deal with. This is what Matt and I talked about right before this was that they ran everything either away from Aaron Donald or just got those passes off quick enough just to neutralize Aaron Donald. And that, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, if you can stop Jared Goff in the play action on the offensive side of the ball and you can just simply stop Aaron Donald, because I personally don't feel like teams are as intimidated by Jalen Ramsey as some people think. Yeah, Jimmy didn't necessarily get off a lot of big, deep throws that Ramsey could have attacked, but we didn't hear Ramsey's name called all game other than a couple tackles on some run plays. So really what I'm saying is that Aaron Donald is that defense. If you can just get everything away from Aaron Donald or get quick passes off and keep Aaron Donald at bay, you have a good time or a good chance winning this game. And the Niners did that exactly. The only time we heard Aaron Donald called was when he wasn't doing anything. (laughs) That was literally the whole game. So again, you neutralize Aaron Donald, you have a good chance of winning. And, you know, unfortunately, we did see Raheem Mostert get injured. And Mm -hmm. after that, which is what Jose pointed out here, you know, the second half was just totally stall after stall after stall. The offense couldn't really seem to get anything going. Matt, was that more so on the absence of Raheem Mostert? Or do you think that that was just maybe momentum shifted and play calling changed a little bit? Or was it a mixture of everything? It's just it's just what Kyle does. He gets a lead and then he starts getting super conservative with the play calling. And it's almost like he's you know, afraid to keep doing what's been working. And it's kind of disappointing that when Raheem Mostert goes out, you know, the 49ers get three points in the second half. Um, You know, you'd like to see more. And, you know, I was, listen, I've been talking about cargo plane. There ain't no jet here. It's cargo plane McKinnon. And I've been talking about Jamichael Hasty getting in there because every time I've seen him, he's quick, he's sudden, he gets to the hole. He has just that, that little, little bit of electricity that cargo plane doesn't have anymore. And, you know, this, we're not we're not dropping off supplies to the troops. We're trying to score touchdowns. And for me, I just don't think McKinnon's getting it done. I don't think that he is what we thought he was going to be. I think injuries have sapped a lot of what he was. And I think that we saw that with Hasty in there. There is big play potential. Um, that, that run that he had to get that first down was a big play for him. 
Um, he didn't look like the moment was too big. He protects the ball. He hits the hole fast. And, you know, I'd like to see more of that going forward. Um, it's, it, you know, it's weird that Raheem Mostert, for as good as he is, when he leaves, it seems to just stall the whole offense. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see I'd like to see a little bit more of Hasty and a little bit less of Cargo Plane. <laughs> I love that you call him Cargo Plane. Oh, I, I got that thing go, dude. Cargo Plane, admit, terrible. Dude, He's slow. You called this back in week two, uh, or as soon as as soon as most are not injured. Week, week one. one. Week you one. said. That's cargo plane. That's not jet. And you're you've been spot on with that one because he's so slow. And you know the stats. He was averaging three yards a carry. He had six carries for 18 yards. Hasty came in and had nine carries for 37 yards and averaged four yards per carry. And he had a 10 yard run as well. So Hasty just had that little extra bit to him that uh, Jet Cargo didn't really seem to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Anthony, the defense they played really well in the first half. In the second half. They kind of started to let up. They weren't as good in certain areas, although they did look good, like Jason Verrett, like I see Jose commented in the comments. Uh, what was the difference? Was it play calling, fatigue, or just kind of the way the game goes? You know, I think the defense took advantage of the offense scoring points on almost every other driver, just moving the ball efficiently. We talked about it once again before the show started. The 49ers had the ball for, what, 21 and a half minutes in the first half alone, and the Rams only had it for eight and a half. So that should tell you all you need to know about keeping the defense rested. And I think that's going to be kind of the story for the team this year is that the defense, I think, is still solid. But if you're having to ask them to go out there after every two-minute failures from our offense, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense because you don't have a Nick Bosa. You don't have a D Ford or, as of right now, Richard Sherman, someone who can really make a stop or make some kind of play to to kind of just keep the defense elevated. So the pressure's on guys like Armstead and Javon Kinlaw to go out there and execute. And that's not to say that they can't. But when that defensive line rotation isn't healthy and you're asking these guys to play a lot of snaps, obviously their efficiency and their effectiveness is going to go down. So I felt like that is what we saw in the second half. But I will say that the big story of it, outside of giving up that one pretty big touchdown, kind of when it really didn't matter, in my opinion, the defense still looked really good in the second half. They got the job done. And I'll tell you guys one thing that I'm really shocked about. The 49ers defense didn't sack Jared Goff once. And up until that touchdown, they had held him to nine points. Obviously, the Rams came into this game kicking the crap out of the NFC East, but you would have figured that they would have taken that momentum into this game somewhat. And our defense, basically throughout the whole game, just expelled them entirely. And I feel like just everyone stepped up, especially Jason Verrett and Fred Warner. Everyone did their job, and they did it beautifully. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, They they did really well, and I liked what I saw out of uh, Fred Warner, Jason Verrett. Emmanuel Mosley looked very good, although he had that kind of boneheaded touchdown that he gave up. Uh, Matt, on the other side, the story through five games had been the 49ers offensive line is Swiss cheese. They can't block Mm -hmm. a single person. Anthony, you predicted, I think, Aaron Donald would break the the record sack in this game. Matt, Jimmy wasn't sacked once. What was the difference tonight? None of your predictions came true tonight, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were all negative um, but, so that's a good thing <laughs> right. i want to I go back i want to go back to defense real quick um i want to touch on this um and anthony talked about it no sacks and we held them to nine points until that late touchdown and i think that is because everybody played their assignment everybody filled their gap and everybody made tackles and so what i want to point out is i think it's time uh Dre greenlaw is getting ready to replace Plays Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander is an extraneous piece. The team needs to get rid of him. He was not missed at all tonight. Not not at all. They didn't even bring him up during the broadcast to say he was out injured. Nobody cared. Nobody said a word. So sorry, Quan. Um, you know, it, it, I think it, I think the writing's on the wall, and that's a shame because he has such potential and he's an athletic guy. But you know, I would take the the sure the sure thing over you know boom or bust potential. Um, getting to the offense. You know, the offensive line did a great job tonight. Um, I didn't see any boneheaded plays from McGlinchey. It seemed like Tomlinson and Williams were talking to each other. And I think that, I mean, to be quite honest, I think that Kyle lit them up in practice. Um, I think that they were lit up. The whole team got lit up in practice. Um, 0-3 at home to this point. Bad losses to bad teams. Um, you know, and even tonight, I mean, for as great as they played, it just makes you, you know, frustrated about the opportunities that they've given away. This team easily with just consistent play would be five and oh, 
you know, they were right there in it with Arizona. Um, even with, you know, some of the injuries, you know, if, if they just play consistently and play without mistakes, they could be five and oh, um, I think a lot of that has to do with Kyle finally, you, you know, lighting a fire under them. And I think that they finally realized this isn't the 2019 team. We can't rest on our laurels. We have to get it done. Otherwise it's going to be a short season and, you know, we're going to be talking about draft picks, you know, but right now it looks like new England's beatable. It looks like the saints are beatable. And all of a sudden you get this win and maybe the momentum starts to build. Maybe this is the catalyst that lights the fire under the team for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think Kyle definitely tore into them this week. I mean, even in the press conferences during the week, he, he looked pissed off. He looked like he was embarrassed almost to be the coach of this team after that performance against the, the dolphins. Um, and, and Anthony, I, I want to ask you about Jimmy's performance. I, I know I started off asking Matt about that, but he looked great. I mean, th- there were some times where he kind of got a little, you know, overthrows a couple of receivers, maybe got a little nervous in the pocket, but for the most part, he looked like the Jimmy that we were all anticipating going into this year. Is that the Jimmy we're going to see while the 49ers in- endure the rest of the six game stretch of this, you know, gauntlet essentially? I think a lot of those passes that Jimmy G got off today, which were under three seconds, which was totally by design. Keep in mind that this offense came in knowing that Jimmy G, I'm sure he was still a little bit dinged up, but the whole design, whether he was hurt or not, would have been get the ball off in under three seconds. I don't doubt that for one second. And the thing is, is that Jimmy G executed that beautifully today. And obviously we're not going to go up against a pass rush that features guys like Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd all the time. But we do see that when it comes down to Jimmy G executing, getting that ball off fast, he can do it. And he he did it beautifully. That's the bottom line. And I want to say the big thing that we really didn't see today, other than that one really bad um, end zone throw to Trent Taylor where he rolled out to the right, we didn't really see any of those bad Jimmy Jimmy G throws that you know Matt loves to say. Those are the Jimmy throws. We, did, we didn't Jimmy see any throws. of them, though, other than that one end zone uh, play. There was that swing pass to Hasty because Jimmy. Oh, forgot, oh yeah, the one that like, sailed. Yeah, Jimmy okay. forgot that Hasty is a legal <laughs> midget. I mean, a legal small person. <laughs> the point being, like five foot two, and he overthrew that. But no, other than that, yeah, he had a beautiful deep ball down the sideline to Ayuk that he put up there that Ayuk could have gone gone and got. He didn't get it. That's fine. Um, even on the pass that looked a little overthrown to Yuschek, Yuschek kind of turned himself inside out, and I think if he would have just looked over his outside shoulder he might have been in a better position i'm not saying he would have caught it definitively but i don't think the ball was as bad as it looked because use kind of turned himself inside out and and really slowed up on that ball um yeah the end zone throw wasn't the best but he also had like a couple drops you know um kittle had had at least one drop yeah. that i saw born had like two or three also born had two i know for sure Kittle had the one that was like a straight up drop when when Ramsey was on him in coverage on that third down. The ball went just went through his hands and it, it you know there was a pass earlier on second down that I guess you could call a drop on Kittle because it hit his hands, but it was well behind him. Jim, that was a bad ball from Jimmy. And then there was another one he was targeted ten times and had seven catches. There was another one where it looked like it skipped off the ground in front of him that Jimmy didn't get enough or was under pressure that it just didn't look right. So um, you know to me, you know Jimmy played really really well i think other guys played well too like kittle played well but he didn't play fantastic i think that jimmy's stat line would even look better than than it does you know um as it stands right now you know jimmy threw 23 of 33 for 268 and three touchdowns so his quarterback rating is 124.3 but without those drops we're looking at a 300 yard performance and you know 70 plus percent completion percentage and maybe even a fourth touchdown to go with that i know i called four touchdowns yesterday i'll take three and no turnovers, which was my big one. I said no turnovers, and he didn't have a turnover. So, yeah, he, he looked really good. Um, and, and, again, I want to credit Kyle a little bit on that by starting him off with these easy plays. Um, you know, one of those touchdown p- passes really was like a shovel forward to Debo Samuel who took it in. But, you know, getting Jimmy comfortable and in a groove is what the team needs to do. And they played uh, an offensive style with Jimmy that is exactly what he needs to succeed. So I'd like to see more of that going forward. All right. I, I want to touch on something real quick. Um, this team was, this is what we saw from a team that should have, we should have seen back in week one and week two and week three. Every week we should have seen this. They're finally mm-hmm. healthy on offense. We finally saw it. And look, the Rams, they're four and one. I know they haven't had the toughest schedule so far, but look, they've won the games that they were supposed to win. Unlike the 49ers, we can't say that for them. So the 49ers came in tonight, and you saw it in the pregame. Everybody but Tony Dungy picked the Rams to win. 
Um, so the 49ers, I think, made a message by tonight by coming out and winning, especially in the way that they did. Um, they said, look, we're not talking about the draft here in Levi Stadium. We are looking forward to next week, and we're still talking playoffs. We're still talking reviving the season. And, Matt, we talked about it yesterday during the live stream. It all starts with Jimmy, and Jimmy balled yeah. out. I was so happy for him, and I even – I think I texted you guys during the chat. Jimmy heard all of us. You know, he heard us talking crap the whole week, and don't get me wrong. It wasn't – it wasn't, you know – unfair it was rightfully so i mean no disrespect or anything no no it was it was honest criticism but he heard us and he responded which is what you want to see so badly uh my question for you anthony is if we get this jimmy that we got tonight moving forward do you pick the niners in every game oh that's a good question you know okay so if i'm not looking at okay i'm gonna take the easy way out here if we're looking at teams like i'm gonna say them the packers uh, the Saints, the Patriots, these are all definitely winnable games. And if we get this version of Jimmy, Jimmy, it's the quarterback, man. You, everyone knows that the quarterback puts the team in the best position to win or lose. And we saw what Jimmy G did today. And Kyle Shanahan, he opened up the offense early on. And we saw Matt talk about that where he got um, – Garoppolo in rhythm to really get the ball moving and if you give Garoppolo that kind of rhythm and you give him that kind of confidence I think he can really do a lot of things well in offense in general and yeah the offense kind of stagnated in the second half but I really really think that's more on Shanahan than Jimmy and the rest of the guys that's Matt said it best that's kind of just Shanahan's thing he likes to be conservative and just try and get the clock down as much as he can and just end the game fast it's like Dude, keep the foot on the pedal, you know, keep it moving. But if we can see the Jimmy G that we did last season where he literally carried the team through four quarters of football, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm picking the Niners to finally win every game once again and, and not have to stress out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, same question for you. Uh, do you like the 49ers odds if Jimmy plays like he did tonight? Well, I mean, I like their odds, but that's the big question, isn't it? Is yep. if he plays that way. What This can be the first game in a momentum build for Jimmy Garoppolo but again it has to be consistent and that's the one knock that we've had because he's had games that are really good like this before but it's what you follow it up with and I want to see more of this out of Jimmy Garoppolo it can't just be you know two steps forward two steps back with him Um, he needs to play this way and I think that you know going into next week that's going to be a big test too because who knows him better than Bill Belichick Yep. So, that's good. That's you know, good we're, we're heading to New England and, you know, that's one of those things where if I'll start to put a little bit more faith, you know, I can't go from one in one foot out to all the way back in again, you know, fool me once, shame on you. But for me, it's a good sign that Jimmy G responded. And, and I said that last night on the preview show, but that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a little fight in him. So yep. I've seen that. Now I want to see consistency. You know, can you do it in, you know, can you stack these good games on top of each other? And if you can do that, this is what I was talking about with playoff teams. You know, instead of being feast or famine, let's just be consistent. Just be consistently good. You don't have to be Patrick Mahomes or anybody like that. Just be consistently good. Don't kill the team with silly mistakes. And this team is going to be really good. Really, really good. So that it really, it just stack it. Just be consistent. That's all. I want to bring up a point real quick, too, and Matt kind of talks about it best. The defense isn't in a position to bail out Jimmy G on those bad turnovers anymore. He, I'm not saying that Jimmy has to play perfect football for us to win games, but I will say that we cannot see him fumble or turn over the ball like we did see with Mullins and we saw with Beathard. And it just it costs the team badly. The defense isn't good enough to carry that load. So a game like today from Jimmy G, I agree with Matt. It, it puts me in a position to where I can start to build confidence that Jimmy G can carry us to victories. But again, the team is not in a position to, at least I think, make up off of an interception or a fumble because you don't have Bosa, you don't have D Ford. Those are the big guys that really help to bail everything out. And, you know, it, it just happens. It's football. It's part of the game. But it, it's I mean, not. I don't know really... if I count D Ford in that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. He I mean, hasn't D played. Ford, too much. D Ford is yeah. like a guy on the side of a milk carton, dude. Who's seen him? Where did he go? He's been missing. He's missing. Yeah. Yeah. He's bad. D gone. Like, the, he's going to be another guy. Being... I think they're going to get rid of, by the way. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He's gone. The the point being, though, I will say is that Jimmy G's consistency will be the X factor into determining the Niners' overall success. Yeah. The defense can only go so far as well as Jimmy G plays. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the offensive line because like, I, I brought this question up to Matt, and they looked fantastic. They did great. Jimmy wasn't sacked once. 
Um, I'm not sure how many quarterback hits they got on him, but not much, especially compared to the last few weeks. Um, they obviously got their behinds handed to them, to say it nicely, this week. Uh, but it was awesome. And I saw Mike McGlinchey tweeted out, still here. And it's like, I love that from you, Mike. We want to see that moving forward. Uh, that wasn't enough to shut everybody up. Obviously, Trent Still Williams. there. Go eat a sandwich, bud. Go eat a sandwich. <laughs> Pack on some weight. Get a protein shake. But That's we saw Mike. Trent Williams <laughs> go down. It looked like, from what, Matt, you agreed, it would kind of look like a concussion. concussion. Yeah, he went into yeah. the blue tent. Um, but this offensive line, do you think it's finally starting to gel, Matt? Again, consistency. I'm not willing to sell the farm the complete opposite direction just because they had a good game. I really need to see consistency. Um, the Rams outside of Aaron Donald, and I said this on the show last night, they're not really that great at pass rushing outside of Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was their pass rush. They neutralized Aaron Donald by moving plays away from him, um, chipping him with double teams, and then moving off. And they, he really wasn't able to get into a rhythm to disrupt plays. Going forward, New England's not really a great pass rushing team, so they can continue to kind of build this. And again, confidence will kill a lot of issues on a team. Um, you know, you get string together some good plays, and all of a sudden everybody's feeling good, and nobody's doing, you know, like last week, just last week against the Dolphins, we saw Trent Williams barking at Lake and Tomlinson, you know, because they weren't playing well. This week they're playing well, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, everything's good. We're, we're good here. So, consistency is going to be key for this team going forward. And I think that really starts and ends with the coaches. Um, I'd like to, man, I, I still not all positive. I really don't like seeing the solace special in the second half where they get conservative on defense and they give up these third and long plays and it happened again tonight. And it's, you know, I, I just, you know, again, consistency starts with the coaches. So Sala needs to button it up. I thought Kyle did a pretty decent job, although his play calling did get, conservative after after Mostert left I think he was just trying to get out of there with a win so going forward you know let's let's see what happens and honestly if they're gonna play like this every time they wear those 94 throwbacks let's just change the uniforms to the 94 uniforms like <laughs> all the way let's just do it yeah shout out ace daddy for that comment because that that's true that I think they're undefeated in these if my memory serves correct um Anthony my question for you is George Kittle went off tonight as well he was Jimmy's favorite target he had seven catches on on 10 targets uh, over 100 yards and a touchdown. What did you see from him tonight? Obviously, he's a beast. Obviously, the guy can do it week in and week out. Um, but he hadn't really done that much. I mean, I know when Nick Mullins came in Sunday night, he had a beast game because Nick didn't know to look to anybody else. But do you think George can start to put these performances back-to-back, like Matt is saying, for the offensive line, for Jimmy? Can the same be said for George moving forward? Yeah, I definitely say so. And again, watching the Rams play the NFC least, as everyone likes to call it, I wasn't going to take the Rams' performances too personally. I mean, okay, I, I will admit that I thought the Rams were kind of going to kick our ass. But but seeing how bad they played in the first half, it was like, okay, well, they really did play some terrible teams. And you saw that the Rams were able to lock up terrible offenses. And so you give Shanahan, who knows how to exploit that Rams defense like he did twice last year, it gives you the hope that he can utilize George Kittle to his full advantage. And I mean, yeah, Kittle had a couple missed blocks. He also had a couple drops. I mean, who doesn't? You know, it's it's frustrating, but it's part of the football game. But overall, he doesn't he doesn't let those kind of things get to his own head and it doesn't impact his game. He will still go out there and be the game changer that he is. And we saw that from Kittle. And I think you give that kind of guy the opportunity to string together really good games. Not only does it build confidence for himself, but it builds confidence for the rest rest of the offense too. And yeah, Jimmy G finally has a lot of weapons to throw to now and guys like IU, Devo, obviously Kittle. Um, born when he's not dropping the ball but it gives you even more confidence I would say that Jimmy G can really just zip a ball when he has that full leg strength back into George Kittle's hands and really just get that thing going and we didn't really see the deep ball much from Jimmy today outside that one deep throw to a youth that I, I like Chris I'm glad he threw that ball but overall it wasn't the offense fully opened up yet so you get someone like Jimmy G that type of confidence and build that rapper once again with George Kittle, you can really open up things. So, yeah, I would say that you have two straight good games from Kittle like this, or three, I guess, because he was okay in Miami. You can really open the door for new opportunity. I texted in the chat when it happened. We love that Jimmy just made the throw, mm -hmm. gave his receiver a chance, like Anthony yep. said. Um, why yep. hasn't he done that before? And I know you obviously don't have an answer as to why. You can't get it in his head, but – 
Do you think that's something that maybe I mean, Kyle pulls him aside and says, give him a chance. Just let him either make a play or draw the foul or Jimmy just doesn't want to turn it over maybe. I mean, what's going on in that situation? I just don't think they run those plays that much. That's not what you want. You don't want Jimmy to be throwing outside the numbers deep down the field like eight times a game. He's not, you know, he's not Matthew Stafford or anybody like that. That's not his game. His game is quick hitters, play action passes, you know, cutting up the zone in between the numbers. So, and we saw him do that, especially with Kittle. Him and Kittle have this rapport where Kittle knows where to squat in the zone to get, you know, just enough yardage, and, and it seems to work out. Um, the deep ball it looked better, and I thought – really, I thought NBC did a really good job. Um, Chris Collinsworth pointed it out where they had tape of Jimmy G stepping into throws, and last week against the Dolphins, how much he picked up that back foot and wasn't able to step into throws, and they showed an early throw tonight where it looked normal again. So um, maybe there was more to the ankle in Miami than, than we thought, but, you know – I. I don't think it's it's a lot like the Derek Carr situation. We don't really have these like burners down the field. Even Ayuk really isn't just a straight line burner. That's not what this offense is built around. And that's not what Kyle Shanahan wants to wants to run. You know, it's not there's no Henry Ruggs, there's no Tyree Kill on this team. So, you know, why you know, every now and again you can throw that pass, but you're not gonna do it multiple times a game. And you don't need to do it multiple times a game. You, you need this this offense thrives on chunk yardage and getting first downs and moving down the field. That's what they do. So that's probably why we haven't seen it. It's not to say that he can't do it. I saw him do it in college. Um, we've seen it, you know, this year. We've seen it a couple times. He had one earlier uh, in that Jets game, I think, to Kendrick Bourne that Kendrick Bourne just dropped. So mm -hmm. he had another one. And specifically down that left sideline, um, he seems to like to throw a little bit more to that side than he does to his right side. Right. But, you know, Overall, he just, you know, it, he's a chain mover, and that's what we need. It, it, he's an efficient, you know, especially in that 10 to 20-yard area in between the numbers. He's pretty efficient there, and he's efficient, you know, outside the sticks on short throws, and that's all we need. That's, that's really all you need to move this offense. That's what I want. I want to chime in on that real quick, too. Ayuk and Debo, they're, they're quick, shifty guys, but they're not – big long speed burners like a rugs mm -hmm. or like a even Marquise Goodwin when we had him. And the thing about Shanahan's offenses is they've never necessarily had that big contested catch guy who can just go up and snag a ball out of the air. And yeah, I mean, you'll see Debo do that every once in a while and Kittle will do that as well. But overall, these guys aren't, they're not that, those type of wide receivers. They go out there, they move the chains, they feast in the middle of the field, and they make plays with the ball in their hands after the catch. Shanahan's been like that the entire time. And it's kind of, baffling to me I guess that people have been calling and wanting that type of wide receiver in this offense for so long when it's like that's never been Shanahan's thing for the vast majority of his offensive career so you have guys like Kittle and Debo who can just constantly move the chains and put pressure on that defense good things are going to happen yeah that, that's a really good point and I want to address this comment here by Jose the offense just looks different and Mostert is in it's like losing a, an arm though and we saw that in the second half when he did go out. The 49ers went three and out, I think two or three straight times. And I even, I think I tweeted it out. It's unacceptable. You can't do that because your defense is already gassed as it is. They're likely fatigued. They're playing with, you know, a lot of key starters out. And you're asking them to go back out there, go back out there after extended drives to where you, the offense just gives you three plays, a couple of minutes rest, and then you're trying them back out there. So that I want to see them improve on because there were, ample opportunities for Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy, to put the dagger in the Rams, to stick a fork in them and say, we're up three scores now. Good luck, guys. And they didn't do that. They didn't do that time and time again. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was sitting on my couch kind of biting my nails thinking, this might come down to the final second. And the 49ers recently have not come come out you know, in the positive when it comes down to the final second. So I want to see them improve on that. Although in the end they were able to at least get a Robbie Gold field goal and push it out to two scores, push it to fifteen. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. You want to chime in? That's what he gets for not putting Hasty in, man. The, I mean, Hasty is so electric. I know people will say that oh, Hasty doesn't have that type of long speed that Moster does, and that's fine. But again, Shanahan has these guys in his offense for a reason, and I firmly believe that although Hasty, I do think is a lot shiftier than McKinnon was before the injuries. Hasty is still obviously and clearly the better back than McKinnon at this point. And, and I'm sorry, I like what Jarek has to offer, but if, if you gave me the choice right now to have um, Jermichael Hasty or Jarek McKinnon spell Raheem Mostert, I got to give it to Jermichael Hasty, man. He just he brings that energy and electricity that Jet just can't anymore. And he's a good change of pace guy who can just put put linebackers on their damn asses because he cuts so fast.
Yep, that's yeah. true. Uh, Matt, I want to talk- say this though. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm going to say this. I, I think that you know it's a little bit overstated with the offense in the second half because there were good play calls that were just drops. Bourne dropped the first down when he undercut the guy that picked off his his man and just flat out dropped it. Kittle had a drop for a first down. Like there were drops here that could have extended drives. So it's not only just on the offense um, as far as play calling or just Jimmy Garoppolo. There were there were things that needed to be cleaned up. Um, and I'm looking at Semperfly's comment. I, I he can be our deep threat, but I disagree that Jimmy couldn't get into the throw because the throw that Jimmy threw to Ayuk was on target, and Ayuk was a little too inexperienced to draw contact with the DB to go up with it. You saw him reach around the DB with his arms rather than undercut the DB with his body to jump up and get that ball. And with yeah. experience, he might have been able to go and make a play on that, but it just was it just wasn't there. So. I don't it's not that Jimmy can't do it. It's just that you don't need him to do it. You shouldn't have to do it. That's not what the offense is built around. And a Shanahan offense, I mean, we saw it on the broadcast tonight. They're talking about the Bill Walsh coaching tree. The Bill Walsh coaching tree isn't about throwing it up the sideline. That's not what this is about. It's a West Coast offense, you know, predominantly run based and play action pass based. Like that's what it is. It's a short to intermediate throwing offense. And that's we don't need it to be anything more than that. We just need to maximize the efficiency of that offense, and we can't have the drops or the bad Jimmy throws or the lapses in blocking. And if we have those, then we can take some deep shots. So, you know, that that's where I stand with that. He can be a deep threat, but you don't need him to be a deep threat all the time. I'd rather him be an intermediate threat and, and a changer. Right. Um, I want to touch on another one of Separatist's comments, Barrett and Mosley starting quarterbacks going into next year, maybe the rest of this mm-hmm. season. After this long, I doubt Sherman is coming back 100%. Yeah, he's likely, I don't know, I don't want to say shut down for the season, but he's not going to be the same Barrett, even back to last year, or excuse me, same Sherman going back to last year with this injury. He's already getting older. But they said it during the, the broadcast too. Look at how good this defense is just with one solid starting corner, mm-hmm. let alone two. Emmanuel Mosley looked fantastic tonight. He had a couple really good pass breakups, and I know he gave up that kind of you know, late minute touchdown, last second touchdown to uh, Josh Reynolds, I believe. And he also got called for pass interference and the same altogether, but he still looked good for the most part. And he was, I don't know, you'd like to see him get his head turned around, but nonetheless, this defense looked good. And as long as they have these two guys going forward, Anthony, do you like their chances as a defense? Because they were getting shredded just a week ago by Fitzmagic, who was out there looking like Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I will say it was pretty bad from the Dolphins, obviously. Brian Allen probably shouldn't suit up as a 49er ever again with all due respect. But I'll tell you, I love what Sherman has to offer, but part of me wants to be a little skeptical. And, and the only reason, I'm not trying to kind of put everything down here, but the only reason is that a lot of the success last year was based on that pass rush. And we've seen that Sherman – He's lost a step, or not to say he's lost a step because we've hardly seen him, but you can picture that his play will eventually regress and he will slow down as he gets older. So the only question I want to raise is how much did Sherman benefit off that pass rush from last season? And that's not to say he still can't execute going forward this season, but obviously the situation's different. The personnel are still there for the most part, but again, everything is different. I want I obviously I want to see Sherman back in there because Sherman is still a vast upgrade over Emmanuel Mosley, but the moment Sherman gets toasted or the moment Sherman just loses that one step on any given play, you know everyone's going to call for his head and say, oh, Sherman's old. Sherman was based off the defensive line. And I I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking into it too much. But I will say that once Sherman comes back, Sherman Verrett 100%. Yeah, definitely. They looked really good tonight. And it was nice to have starting cornerbacks that weren't getting – picked on and abused out there man i felt so bad yeah. for brian allen i wanted to pay to see have him see a counselor after that game because it was so bad um matt my question for you is the yeah. 49ers rookie first round pick javon kinlaw he's yet to have a sack uh i don't believe he had one tonight i know he didn't have one going into tonight not his job it's yeah not is, his that, job. is that how you feel about it he's not a sack guy no he's a run stuffer he had a passive election so yep that's true yeah and it was almost picked well, off I mean, He's a, he's a space eater, dude. He's 6'5 and like eight feet wide. Like, he's a space eater. He's not rushing off the edge. Like, everybody expects defensive tackles to be Aaron Donald. There's a reason Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald because nobody else is like yeah. him. Yeah. 
You know, they said on the broadcast, you generate a lot of sacks. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot. Of, you're not going to generate a lot of sacks up the middle. What you're trying to do is you're trying to make the quarterback uncomfortable and push him towards the edge rusher so they get the sacks. You know, and you're supposed to run stuff. And you know, I thought that he had some mental errors tonight. He had a couple of penalties on him that I, you know, that weren't that good. Good, but you know, he's a rookie and it's going to take time. So, um, I think that that he's doing a pretty good job. I'm not. I'm not that upset about it. So, yeah, I, I'm not that mad. But as far as like Verrett. I don't know, man. Everybody's asking like right now. They saw tonight. Yeah, see, re-sign Verrett over Sherman. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I think y'all are falling victim to the uh, great performance in the contract here. The recency bias. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I he's only say. had one healthy season in like in like six. So I honestly, I don't trust his health. I'm I'm just yeah. counting this as like icing on a cake. Like whatever right. we get out of him. Right fantastic but if he plays himself into a big contract let him walk because it's not worth the risk to you know he's injury prone and he hasn't been this year but that doesn't mean that he won't be going forward people don't get more healthy as they go throughout their career so i think you i think you can argue at this stage sherman and Verrett are both injury prone and obviously sherman is taking a little longer to recover from this calf strain that he's had since week one and a half basically and Verrett, Mm -hmm. albeit his play has been excellent right now like Matt says, you can't bank on this dude being healthy on, on top of playing in contract year where 99% of players notably play better in contract years. So it, it's obviously a foregone conclusion, but I, I don't say think that. Sherman's injury prone though. I would you don't think so? Sherman being injured. No, he had one bit. He had one major injury, the Achilles tear, and they're taking it slow with a calf injury, which could turn into Achilles if you're not careful with it. Okay. That to me is yeah. injury prone Them being cautious because you don't want to rush it back because then you have a Kevin Durant situation where you come back oh, early yeah. and then you blow yeah. the Achilles. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't mess around. Achilles is a major thing. If you don't feel like it's right, don't risk it, especially as a right. player is getting up there. But other than the Achilles, it's not like he misses a ton of games. Like, his his, his no. season yeah. shit is pretty full. Right. So, okay. I, I don't so, I don't agree that he's injury prone. But I do think okay. that he's lost a, a little bit of his athleticism. Yeah. And I do yeah. think that, um, you know, he's living off of his reputation and people just don't throw at him. Um, I do yeah. think that he's an incredibly smart player, though. So, for me – for that reason, I think that he's a little bit more valuable than Mosley at this stage just because his experience is just so valuable. And if he was willing to go to safety, I think he could extend his career a couple of years just by playing. You know, if he, if he was the center field out there working in space, I think that he could make plays on, on a ball. But I don't, I don't know if he's going to do that. I think his ego is a little bit uh, out of control for that. So not, <laughs> not in a bad way. I just think that he has yeah. a level of pride that's not going to allow him to be right. put in a position with that he would see as a downgrade. Um, I'm actually more excited to get K1 Williams back, who I think is the best cornerback that we have on the team. So yep. that's who Definitely. I want to see back. Yeah. Um, I want to address this comment here uh, by Jose. He'd like to mention that Brunskill nullified Aaron Donald. He vanished Donald on his one-on-one duels. So great job from the big guy comparing to his last game. We all heard about Aaron Donald going into this game. Even it felt like throughout the game, the broadcasters were acting like Aaron Donald was having a career night. They still kept mentioning him, talking about where he was. It's like, I, I may be mistaken, but the guy really hasn't done much. The 49ers did a pretty good job of eliminating him. He didn't have any sacks. He didn't have too many pressures, I don't think. So, Anthony, what did they do to mitigate that problem? Because he wasn't an issue at all. He was a non-factor. Yeah, man, I think those broadcasters must have read my article and thought, yeah, Donald's getting seven sacks for sure. <laughs> they're, they're ready for Donald to break out. But, no, nah, man, it's all about getting that pass off fast. I mean – the offensive line was really good given the entire situation. I mean, for Jimmy Garoppolo to get passes off in less than three seconds, the offensive line better hold a block for less than three seconds. But considering how literally how crap poor the line has been playing all throughout the season, I would say their play after tonight was an intense improvement going forward. And just like Jimmy Garoppolo building his own confidence up, this should build confidence up for the offensive line moving forward. Like Matt said earlier, you saw guys like Trent Williams and Lincoln Tomlinson just barking at each other last week, and now crickets. And and obviously that's a good thing that they're not arguing with each other, but the bottom line is that they're finally establishing that kind of chemistry. So even when you can't communicate and pass off blocks correctly, it does give guys like Brunskill confidence to go up there and think that, oh, it's you know, it's Aaron Donald. Obviously, you got to play it safe, but it doesn't. That fear factor involved with dealing with Aaron Donald wasn't there. I felt like it felt like that no one panicked with Aaron Donald. Everyone picked up their assignments that they were supposed to do. The cohesion was there, and like Matt said, it's Aaron Donald or bust. 
And that's exactly how they played it today. And once you shut down Aaron Donald, you shut that entire defensive line down and you can do whatever you want. I obviously it didn't seem like they manhandled the Rams, but they damn well executed their job and they did it yep. very good. They manhandled them. They manhandled they did. them. They did. They had the Matt, ball for 37 minutes. Yeah. Matt, I'm going to give you an option and a, a chance to put, respond. No, put, to yeah, put this here. one up. Put this one yeah. up. Put this one up. I'm going to look at you, coach. I'm going to look at you in your eyes. Jason Verrett got drafted in 2014. You know how many games he's played in his career? 29 since 2014. He's never played 16 in a season. His high is 14, and that's the only season he played double-digit games in a season. Don't tell me he's not injury-prone, and don't tell me he's not a health risk, because he is. He's going to play himself out of San Francisco because he's playing really well right now. He's not worth the risk if he's going to be big-time money. If you can bring him back on a value deal, absolutely sign him. But the way that he's playing, someone's going to be dumb enough to throw some money at him, some big money, and it, it can't be us. We can't afford it. No. So, no offense. I appreciate everybody's, you know, but when you look at the numbers, I'm not, like, saying I'm anti Verrett. I'm just looking at what the reality is. And as a medical professional, I know that you don't get more healthy, especially with the wear and tear that he has on his lower body. All, most of his injuries are lower body injuries. So, to me, 29 games in six seasons, that's not good, dude. <laughs> that's it's, not uh, good. You know. You know, I will say just to kind of defend it, like if you're choosing between Verrett and Sherman, I, I think I would go with Sherman based on, you know, whatever's most team friendly. But I will say I think if Verrett can string these kind of games together, obviously given his age too and just obviously the injury. It's like a Terrell off. versus Terrell Owens thing right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Verrett, dude. Verrett, not Verrett. I think – does not rhyme with Verrett, sir. <laughs> Verrett's Verret, ceiling – There you go. As a corner right now, I would say is healthier compared to what Sherman is at. But I, if I'm the 49ers man and they don't have money to throw around, throw around given everything going on, I I just can't look at throwing Verrett a lot of good money if it means that we don't know if we're going to get 16 games or one game. Where where Sherman like me right now? <laughs> like where Sherman? My man, coach, killing me right now, man. He's killing me, killing me. Oh no, we'll agree to disagree, but the past does matter. Pass does matter. You don't think like a dumb team like the Jaguars is going to throw somebody at him? Come on, man. We've seen bad contracts all throughout the league. We've seen it. Albert Haynesworth, anybody? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to get like Jalen Ramsey money, but I'm saying if somebody's going to toss him like eight or nine million a year, that's too expensive for this team. If somebody I'll, gave him a two-year, $18 million deal, that's too expensive for this team. Yeah. All I'll say is I think he would – maybe take a hometown discount in this sense, just because and it's not really I hope so, since they gave him a shot. Exactly. They gave him, that's what I was going to say. They gave him a shot. They let him, they gave him plenty of time. They saved him last season when he got burned on his first snap and however long. And I said, Oh, he's injured. Don't worry about that. Uh, we'll give him even more time to get healthy. Now that he's healthy, he's playing well. I don't think he's the type of guy that would say, thanks for everything. Now I'm going to go get a bag over in Jacksonville over in Miami. You know, like, no, I think he, he would likely say, what can you do for me? And maybe my agent can work something out. He would at least consider it. I don't think he would just leave right away. Yeah. You got the, if I just think a for a big money deal, it's too risky for him. It's too, it's too risky. He's going to get injured again. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. He's been injured, and the past does matter when it comes to accumulating injuries. He's at risk for early arthritis in all of his joints. He's at risk of losing his explosiveness earlier because he's had multiple surgeries. This is not a the past doesn't matter thing. It absolutely does matter. And again, if you can sign him to a very friendly deal, bring him back. I'm saying if the money isn't right, let him walk. Let somebody else. He's not so vital to this defense going forward that we need to re-sign him at all costs. I'd rather sign Tart, honestly, because Tart's going to be a free agent. I'd like to see Tart back. Or K. I think K1's a free yeah. agent too. Sign K. Re-sign K1. They're both huge uh, pieces to this defense. Uh, what about this comment here from David Yang, Anthony? All the Sherm hate, he doesn't need speed to cover. Sherm beats by knowing your playbook. When's the last time you've seen somebody smoke Sherm for a touchdown? You haven't, so knock it off. Hey, that's the wrong question to ask at uh, the moment. Sammy Watkins, Watkins in the Super Bowl, Bowl homeboy. Yeah. Sammy Watkins <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say that. Sherman is a bad corner. I mean, I, I personally think he gets the criticism that he deserves. And that's just what happens when you age out a cornerback and you have an Achilles tear. It just 
Matt knows the best, man. You see what happens to guys who tear their Achilles sure all the time. Sure, was burnt toast in the playoffs. Devontae <laughs> Adams took his ass game. That's that's the Two point. Is that I think knowledge and smarts can only carry you so far, especially as a quarterback. Right. And I think that's why a, a move to safety, I think, would benefit him definitely in the long term. And it's not hating yeah. him. It's yeah. just you got to look at the long term picture for the Niners, man. If the Niners want to compete, I don't want eighty four Madden speed. Sherman as my number one quarterback going forward. Semper, no, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. If if I'll tell you right now, if some team if some team doesn't if some team doesn't give Verrett like money that he shouldn't get, if some team doesn't overpay for him, I'm I'll send you some merch personally. I will send you out of my own damn pocket. I'm I'll buy you a jersey. All right. I'll buy you a jersey. First. 10:18, 9:35 p.m. Wager has been made between Separate Coach and Matthew Llewellyn. So, and all I want, all I want to return is if all, all I want to return is if I'm right. I want you to be like, you know what, you were right. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> all right, I want to address this comment from Ace Daddy's question. What did you think of Marcel Harris at safety since Tart was hurt? I thought he did an all right job. I didn't think that he came in and they automatically started, you know, uh, targeting him and trying to abuse him. We've seen him play extended periods of time previously, so it's not like he was thrown in here without any experience. Uh, not scrub. Think he did all right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a good. He had actually. He was. God, I can't remember the receiver. I think it was Robert Woods, but he played stride for stride with one of the receivers on a deep ball that was incomplete, and like he was there. Um, like he like had an arm up, ready to go. Um, I think he did miss one tackle on a run, but I mean, outside of that, coming out cold, I don't think he did a bad job, and I don't think he's really ever done that bad a job. And I think when he's filling in for Tart as opposed to Ward, I think it's better for him if he can be concentrating more on being a thumper in, in box safety rather than a purely coverage guy, um, being responsible for center field. I thought he did a pretty good job. So um, hopefully, it sounds like. Tart will probably be okay. I think they shut him down early. The same reason, like they shut down Mostert, and the reason they shut down Trent Williams. It's just like you're already up. Get those guys out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Totally. Um. And and did you see anything from Mostert that would make you concerned moving forward, Matt? I don't, I don't know if you got a chance to, to check out how he got injured or when he got injured. No, yeah. I didn't see how he got injured. But the fact that he went in cold at halftime and tried to come out and play tells me that it's just like something that's like kind of irritating rather than debilitating. So um, hopefully it's not, you know, hopefully it's just a typical run of the mill. I rolled my ankle somehow type of play and that he'll, he'll be back. So if not hasty season, that's what I want to see. Jamichael hasty, get him more involved. Yeah. Zach, yeah, so. I want to ask you the question because I want to hear more from you. How yeah. about Fred Warner, dude? Fred Warner uh, is still remains to be one of the most underrated players, I think, in the entire NFL in terms of linebacking play and in terms of defensive play. What did you see from Fred Warner tonight, and where where do you just stand with him, man? Where where do you feel he's at right now on the NFL tier list? He's at the top. He's at the top without a question. To me, Fred Warner is the best inside linebacker in the entire NFL. He proves it week after week. He is the most consistent player on this team. There's not a single defensive snap that you can see where Fred Warner is not on the ball, by the ball, in pursuit of the ball. He's always right there. He's always in the picture. And his sideline to sideline speed is unmatched on this team, especially on this defense. He is fantastic. He's a leader of this defense, which is Awesome, because you're hoping for somebody to step up and say, look, guys, we're going to be all right. We lost a lot of key pieces, but we're going to be all right. Um, he, he's a top linebacker, man, and he's the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would argue that. Uh, do you guys agree? Disagree? Sure. Yeah. That's middle linebacker for sure. And he's just consistently everywhere you need him to be. Um, rarely makes mistakes. Um, so pure sideline to sideline guy. Super quick. Amazing. Reads the defense well. Calls the defense well. Really good. Um, I'd also like the spotlight, by the way, Dre Greenlaw, I think, has improved leaps and bounds in the second year. Yep. He's looking like he's going to be a guy. So between Greenlaw and Warner, I think, man, it's a good linebacking core. For sure, it's a good linebacking core. Yep. Greenlaw has been such a stud, and he's such a like a complete surprise when he came out of college. You know, the Warriors drafted him. Nobody really expected much from him. At least I didn't. I didn't know of him much in college. The guy, I think he has a ceiling – relatively close to where Warner's ceiling is. Am I, do you think I'm overestimating it here? Cause he's looks really I don't think good. He'll ever be, I don't think he'll ever be as good in coverage as Warner is, but no. what he really does do well is he 
doesn't give up extra yards. Usually where he hits a guy, that's where the guy stops. Yep. Like he's not getting anything else. When yeah. Greenlaw and he also is a very good fundamental tackler. He wraps up. Yep. Um, we saw that he made he made a tackle in coverage today. That would have been a first down had had he not actually wrapped up the leg and held him up. Yep. So I can't I can't overstate in in the heyday of the Harbaugh era and the linebacker era in San Francisco where we had Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. The hallmark of those two guys was that they always wrapped up. It wasn't this like thumping tackle thing that I see a lot out of Quan Alexander. This was I'm wrapping you at your waist. You're not going anywhere else. And if you decide to stay standing up, then my boy over here is going to come and clean your shit. Like it's just going to knock you out. So get down. You know. You know. That's that's what it has to be. I don't want to see too many teams. And this is not a 49er specific thing, but I think too many teams now it's like that shoulder into them and then they don't wrap. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with making a wrap up tackle. No, it's not, you know, the ESPN highlight that you want or whatever, but guess what? You're stopping first downs that way. So I'd rather have fundamental tackling than the big thumper. I want to touch on that too. I think that's what separates Dre Greenlaw from Quan Alexander is that Dre Greenlaw, obviously I think is just the more complete linebacker compared to Quan, but Greenlaw won't go out there and cost you 30 or 40 yards off of a missed tackle where I felt like that Quan Quan will have very good plays. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like that when he has those bad plays, they stack on top of each other. And the whole, the whole thing just kind of implodes just off of Quan Alexander's play. So when you have a guy like, like Matt says, like Dre Greenlaw, who is just so fundamentally sound and who can wrap up, who may not be the best in coverage, but he won't go out there and absolutely screw the defense. It, it really makes you see the big picture and makes you realize how honestly, how expendable I think Quan is. Yeah, and yeah, we saw no, that we tried to get off the field on third and long a few times today because they were wrap up tackling. It wasn't that situation we saw in game one against Arizona where it's third and 17 and Quan was like, wait, does he pass the line of scrimmage? I'm going to keep running with this guy. Oh, no, he's running up oh, too late. You know, you don't want to do that. Red and no. gold, man. You just don't want to give Jimmy any credit, do you? Dre Greenlaw, I forget if it was the third or fourth quarter, Greenlaw had a huge open field tackle on, on like a third and eight or third and nine. And if he didn't make that tackle, I'm almost positive that it would have been a first down. But we saw it. He kind of he kind of overran the guy a little bit, but he corrected, fixed it, cleaned it up. And that was the entire thing. And that's, that's what literally what are for. Yeah, that's exactly what strong yeah. arms are for. And it's that's just, why, by the way, I, that's why I never liked Solomon Thomas, because he had those little baby hands. Like having strong, like big strong hands actually helps you finish when you over pursue a little bit. That's why I never liked Thomas, but you Greenlaw's got grip, man. Like he just he grabs on, he doesn't let go. And that's it's really impressive. If if Greenlaw can get a little bit more consistent in coverage, um, which I don't think is a mental thing. I think really he what what happens is he has a bit of a um agility uh issue. I think he has agility, not issues, but limitations. I think he's not really a, a true sideline to sideline guy. I just don't think he has that type of speed. Uh, but he's very fundamentally sound. And if he can get to where he's going and develop more of the mental side of it and anticipation, I think he could actually really improve in coverage. He's you know, he's definitely not a three down linebacker yet, but you see his game developing and you see his game evolving to where it seems like that more often than not, you will see Greenlaw on third down plays at some point, and that gives you a lot of confidence that Greenlaw can just go out there and execute. And that's kind of what the team does with Quan Alexander is that Quan Alexander is so above average in coverage that he can play on third and longs. But the thing is, is that when he busts it, it leads up to something huge. I feel like Dre Greenlaw won't be that type of guy, especially once he puts it all together. Then, then once he gets it together, then we can really see how effective he can be. We saw yes. Greenlaw have that nice t- uh, tackle in the end zone where I think it was the Rams, right? I don't remember which one it was, but he was, you know, was going forward, back. momentum going forward. Yeah, and he hit him hard. And as soon as he hit him, Matt, just like just you said, stop. Just no more yards. No back. more. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and I think Chris no Collins more. even said it. It's similar to the tackle that he had in week 17 in Seattle last year where yeah. they weren't moving. As soon as Greenlaw hits you, he lays down that hammer. And it's really something to see because a team that has struggled from poor tackling year after year, it seemed like going into this year too. It's nice to see somebody who has such sound fundamental tackling skills. Like Mm -hmm. just brings you back to basics, just old school, hard tackling. And I I really want to see more out of that from this team because like you said too, Matt, you see too many just shoulder hits. Uh, It almost reminds me of Deshaun Goldston and and Dante Whitner where they were going for the big hits instead of the sure tackle. 
And, and it really frustrates me. played in the era, though. The Golson played in the era where you could go head to head with people. Like, you could go helmet to helmet. Man, I remember that play against Tampa. He lit dude up like murder. I thought the guy died. I was like, damn, he hit him so <laughs> yeah. hard. Yeah. That's speaking true. of hitting a dude hard, speaking of hitting a dude hard, how about Jimmy Garoppolo lowering his shoulder on a cornerback tonight? That was nice. Yeah. 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 Not bad. A lot of confidence, man. A lot of confidence. And that shows me that he, he, yeah. He's going to go out there and take a hit. He is. Yeah. I don't think he'll be, you know, it won't be like <laughs> Kansas City a couple years ago, but he'll still go out there and lower his shoulder and initiate contact. And if, if there isn't anything more than you see as an offensive player, than your quarterback going out there and laying the hammer on the linebacker or whoever it was a DB, that should go out there and just spark the offense entirely. And when you, yeah. when you see that from your quarterback of all people, whew, that I think that sends a message to the entire team. Yeah, absolutely. And I knew he was feeling good when they ran that sneak and Jimmy got like three yards. I was like, oh, geez, like untouched three yards. Just it's like, okay, we're good. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Yeah. And you can tell. I mean, Jimmy played a really good game tonight. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from him. I thought he did a good job. So yeah. I want to see more of that going forward. Um, and uh, Matt, it yeah. looks like uh, Red Red 3 Gold added him after you called him out on not, not having Jimmy in there. Yeah. Jimmy, he added not Jimmy. The ball and, over. Hey, yeah. you know what? He didn't. You pre- said that in the preview yesterday. I got to give you credit for that. You said he's going to have a turnover-free game. And was, he's going to be a touchdown short. I was yeah, touchdown yeah. short. Touchdown That's short. Four, he had three. Yeah. But, if Mostert stays in, maybe he has that fourth one because some drives stalled. Right. And earlier when I was if saying – some drops. Yeah, earlier I was saying about the offense stalling. I didn't mean mainly on Jimmy or Kyle. I meant the drops are included in that. That's just simple stuff yeah. you need to clean up to where if you want to win these games moving forward – you cannot continue to keep the opponent stay in the game. Let them stay in the game because you can't convert on third down. So the exactly. drop did be cleaned up. KB, even Kittle had a drop there at the end on third down. Um, so they just need to clean up these things going forward. But tonight, I think tonight we can all say the season's not over. And, and not that's yet. positive. because One week we at a time, though. One week, week at, at a time. time. But it survives for another week. I'm not in a black suit and tie today because we are not laying the rest like we did last week. I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to this week, though, because our boy Scott Geelan, man, <laughs> they go out there and they terrorize Fig Newton. I mean, Cam Newton. I'm going to give him so much shit. I'm telling you right now. I'm coming for you, Scott. Fig Newton, soft. Soft. And, and you know. No, they didn't look good against the Broncos no. today. They looked terrible. They looked really so that's bad. that's a very I was winnable say- game. Maybe maybe he's still suffering from COVID symptoms. Who knows? I'm not going to speculate. But regardless, they looked really bad. He made some horrible throws. He missed some horrible throws. And I really liked – if you would have told me a couple of nights, weeks ago when the Patriots played the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football, I would have said, oh, man, these guys are going to kill us. It's going to be 30 to nothing. But I actually like the 49ers' chances now after seeing what we saw today. They looked really bad. And and I think the 49ers really could bad. take – even though it is in New England. Zach, let me ask you a question. You said he might be suffering still from COVID symptoms. Does that include shitty fashion sense? I think it does. does I, th- I think they just added that. Yeah, if I if I remember correctly. Okay. The, uh, or, or, yeah. font I, or font choice, too. Or font choice. Font choice. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It's Instagram. Oh, my God. Scott, Scott's somewhere punching Thank the air God. right now. That's bad. Um, <laughs> Daddy, I disagree. It's not that Cam has a noodle arm. It's that he's that guy that goes out on the golf course and just sprays driver shots everywhere. Like you'll hit a 300 yards, but you don't know if it's going straight or if it's like slicing 80 yards to the right. He's just, you know, he's very inaccurate. He secretly has that Philip Rivers arm motion, man. That thing is just, his throwing motion is so wacky. His mechanics it's, are weird, weird, really, really different this year. Like yeah. weird. I don't, I don't like him. Something's going yeah. on there, but I like the 49ers chances in that game, given what we saw tonight. If this team shows up like they did tonight, I think they win it by a wide margin. Um, I think we're going to start wrapping it up here, guys. It is getting late. I know all of us have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, so send in your questions game. before we wrap things up. Um, I want to touch on here, Red 3 Gold. Seven, Kendrick Bourne for dropping wide open passes once a game. Hey, Matt, we talked about consistency. It seems like it. There is some consistency. Kendrick Bourne, the most consistent The maddening thing with Kendrick Bourne is that he'll make the most difficult catch and then mm-hmm. drop the layup like the next time. Like, yep. I don't know, man. Semper Fi, uh, Semper yeah. Fi. We weren't, I mean, uh, it was a joke That's mainly. Insane. I don't know. Who, who, yeah, who cares? Not, uh, yeah. It is what it's it is, really. That important. Yeah. 
Yeah. At least so, point so, is consistent. So yeah, consistent negatively, but it's consistency, which is, I guess, what you want to see. The, the thing about Kendrick Bourne is it's so frustrating because he has all the talent. He has the physical traits. He's fast enough. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them. Really but he just – the mental mistakes just – piss me off because it's like dude you yeah. are arguably the fourth best wide receiver on this team and you need to take advantage of these because if you do you likely get a nice check with another team going forward and trent he just taylor seems to exciting tonight hey, trent taylor <laughs> trent taylor did all right man from what they asked of him a couple targets yeah. catch that, was a, that huge catch wait speaking, <laughs> speaking of trent taylor Man, you know your punt return was garbage when they take you out and put in Trent Taylor. I got to say, I really miss Richie James' terrible punt returns this season, and I'm so glad <laughs> I got to see them tonight. He had like an eight-yard return. There was <laughs> one that was all right. That. He had like, an eight he had like 30 yards in front of him, and he just like danced in place for three seconds. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> he had wide open space, and he was like, oh, I'm running to my blocker. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Coach, appreciate the love. We appreciate all you guys tuning in like always. Uh, if you guys don't know, we do do a show on YouTube uh, throughout yeah. the week, Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. We go out Tuesday. We will do our overreaction Monday show. So we get overreactions that we see online and react to them on Tuesday. Yeah. So if you guys see any overreactions, feel free to tweet them at us at 49ers Hive or send us some on Instagram, whatever the case is. Send them our way. We'd love to react to them during the week. Yeah. Um, but we also do live. No worries. Yeah, no worries at all. We do live stream Saturday previewing the game, Sunday recapping the game. And we do live streams because we just really love interacting with you guys taking questions taking comments whatever the case is so we used to record these videos and put them out but it's a lot more fun to do them live so we appreciate all you guys tuning in uh moving forward guys we've been talking about this patriots game is there any concern going over to the east coast historically west coast seems not do well to the east coast oh yeah i don't like that turf i don't like that's true in general it's another Uh, west coast to east coast game um i think it's a 10 a.m start uh Yeah, which is like not always ideal. Um, and really, it's just, you know, discipline for the team. Are they going to be feeling themselves after this win or are they going to buckle down and use this as a jumping off point? So, you know, it, it's really going to it's really going to depend on on which team comes out. They need to come out of the gate quick like they did tonight. Put seven up on the board real quick and, and get out to a lead and establish, you know, yourself as, as being there present in the game. Otherwise, you know, with Belichick. Nobody knows Jimmy Garoppolo better than Belichick. So if that gets away from them early, it could be a really ugly game for us. Yeah, that, that's a good point that nobody knows Jimmy better than Bill Belichick because, I mean, heck, he drafted the guy and, and was anticipating him replacing Tom Brady in all likelihood. So he's going he's gonna to have his hands full. Bill Belichick is a defensive mastermind. Um, Anthony, for you real quick, we finally got our first win at home this year. <laughs> finally, finally. How happy I'm are you? The podcast, man. You know, we had talked about on the podcast how I don't, I didn't know if it was just the home environment, something that obviously I think uh, home field advantage does play a factor into football. But I mean, they're pumping in crowd noise, so you already have the noise there as it is. But I think it's just it's just a mindset for these guys, you know? I mean, if you can go out to New York and kick the crap out of New York teams, you should be able to come back home on natural grass on your home field where you whooped ass last year and continue to kick it this year. And obviously they didn't do it up until tonight. So it, I don't want to say it's just a mental thing with these guys, maybe just a mental hurdle, but if they can just execute, if they can just realize that every football game is just another game, go out there, have fun, do what you're supposed to do and win, there should be no problems with this team moving forward. Yeah, de- definitely not. Um, because as David Yates said, they're two and zero on the East Coast. Although it was to the two worst teams in the NFL today, the pass didn't look too much better. On the East Coast with the Jets and Giants is like beating a corpse in a foot race. It's nothing to really <laughs> brag about. <laughs> well, it's still you know the, the time change. Your body not used to it. There's other aspects that go into it, and you know, good teams win the games they're supposed to win. They were supposed to win those two games. At least they weren't close. I'll I'll just say it at that. Um, but if you guys don't have any questions for us, I think we're going to wrap things up here. I want to thank you all for tuning in to our recap live stream here. Um, like I said, check out our YouTube show Tuesday through Friday. If you guys are here right now, subscribe to the channel, like this video, and drop a comment below. And also, real quick, we before every week, uh, every game, excuse me, we do our preview show. If you guys correctly drop a comment with the score, final score, we'll send you some free merch. So if you see that preview live stream drop a comment in the youtube video and predict the score if you get it correct you get some free merch out of it it doesn't hurt you 
you can't can't lose that situation. So make sure you guys start predicting the score in those comments because you could get some. Did anybody it? I don't think so. I'll, I'll go through and look at right now, but I, I don't think so. Dang. Yeah. But thanks, guys. I really appreciate merch. all you guys tuning in. Um, make sure you follow 49ers Hive, subscribe to the channel, yep. you, you know, the whole nine yards. But uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and close us out here? Yeah. Um, thanks again for joining us. We do this each and every week. Um, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go ahead and follow us all on Twitter. You know where to find us. I mean, this is a great win for us. We're happy about it. And so we're going to we're gonna leave you with this. Click the bell for notifications. Uh, on to New England. So until next time, guys, go Niners.